is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey, it's Jill. I hope you're doing great. So I did an Instagram post and I wrote the new flex becoming much of what used to trigger you and what you formerly judged bigger flex admitting it. All right. So let's chat about that. I am going to share with you all the ways that I am what I used, what used to trigger me. I am everything that used to drive me crazy and what I used to judge. And I'm proud of that. Meaning I'll probably feel the same way on some level or in certain areas about where I am now compared to where I am, let's say in 10 years. So I'm hoping that I keep evolving and I keep unlearning and unbecoming and shedding and peeling the layers back to become more of the real me. And I hope that I look back on this person today and I don't judge, but I laugh and say, it's so funny because I'm even different than I was then. That's my goal. I have a feeling if you're listening to this show, that's your goal as well. So I just jotted down the ways that I am different and the ways that I show up in life that used to bother me. Like if I had seen someone being the way I be in the world now, I may not have been like unkind. Well, no, I know I wouldn't have been unkind, but I may not have felt like something in my body like that made me angry or really boiled my blood. But remember, triggers can be really sneaky and subtle. Many times we're triggered and we don't realize we're triggered. It doesn't mean we get angry. Okay, so, and remember what triggers are. Triggers are simply loving interruptions. They are a mirror. They are an opportunity for us to look at ourselves because it's just showing us something about ourselves that's usually repressed, suppressed, unrecognized, unhealed. Okay, so I don't go to church. Yes, that used to trigger me and I used to judge people that didn't go to church. And I hate admitting that. I'm not happy about that and I'm embarrassed to admit that, but um, I haven't been that way for a long time. But years ago, I really did. I just thought it was wrong because I was so programmed by religion. And oh gosh, I could do a whole show about that. But I would actually, you know, on Sunday, if we went out to lunch or something after church, I would see the people in sweats and I would say, oh, I better pray for them. (laughs) Okay, number two, divorced. Now you might say, wait, you got a divorce? A long time ago, I got a divorce, like 10 years ago. I'm happily remarried, but I used to judge people that were divorced. Okay, number three, I'm crunchy. Oh, M-G, I 
used to get really triggered by crunchy people. I called them the patchouli people, the people that like didn't shave their legs and everything had to be natural. And they were, yeah, I will just say crunchy. And I am, I'm super crunchy now. And I don't use that title because I think it's like something cool to say. And there are people who are way more holistic and crunchier than I am. Uh, but yeah, crunch, crunch. Number four, I would call it woo. I used to talk about like new age spirituality and the woo woo people. And yes, I judged the hell out of it and it scared me. I thought it was so wrong, so off course. And there are still things that I think are off course for me and not right for me that I think are too maybe like woo for me, but I don't judge any of it and none of it triggers me. However, uh, yeah, I'm pretty woo woo compared to how I used to be. I mean, you know this, I've got crystals everywhere. I play my singing bowls. I've been working with a spirit healer, Violet the Spirit Healer, for about 10 years. I have worked with um, intuitives and psychics. Oh my gosh. I mean, where do I begin? I feel like I'm the definition of woo and crunchy now. But yeah, that used to trigger me. Number five, I can't say I'm fully in my feminine because we have masculine and feminine dynamics, all of us, men and women do. I was just texting with my friend, hi Tammy, if you're listening. And it's so funny, I didn't learn this stuff until two and a half years ago, but yet I assume everybody knows it now. Do you ever do that? Like, because I know it, other people must know it. And it's so funny because millions of people knew it before me and millions of people still don't know it. So I'll quickly share that if you're not familiar with those terms, every man and every woman carries masculine and feminine energy or dynamic. This isn't necessarily what you're thinking. You know, someone looks masculine or they speak masculine or a man speaks effeminately, right? That's not what we're talking about. That could be a part of it. But what we're talking about is more of the masculine, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but basically masculine dynamic is achieving doing energy. It's like doing energy, very, very decisive energy, make shit happen energy, um, goal-oriented energy. And feminine is more receiving, being, nurturing. It doesn't mean you're not driven. It doesn't mean you're not goal-oriented, right? But primarily the dynamic that is expressed is that receiving. So you may have a super successful multi-million dollar business, but you do it in a feminine dynamic instead of hustle and grind. Everything is aligned. Oh, it rhymed. Hey, that rhymed too. So I'm very much in my feminine now, and I feel like I have a really healthy balance of the two and an awareness of what that even means. But I wouldn't look at someone in their feminine and judge per se, but I didn't understand it. I, I didn't understand women who were not like super goal oriented and let's get up and seize the day. And, you know, I, I when t- people talk about their morning routines, the fact that people are still coaching and preaching and teaching that everybody needs to have a morning routine and that someone knows what morning routine works for you is highly masculine. That is not how the feminine lives and that's not how the feminine dynamic works. It's more of flow and acceptance and deciding within yourself with your own intuition what works for you. All right, number six. In conjunction with that, I would say, is I used to be very, very judgy about women who were stay-at-home moms. I'm going to be honest, but I know it came from jealousy because I wasn't financially secure and my 
husband did not provide for me in a way that I could just stay home. And so I was jealous of that. And I judged that. So it was triggering to me. Then when I became financially independent and then married my husband, who I married to now, I no longer judged it because I could have that if I wanted. With my former career, I made really good money, but I could still be a stay-at-home mom, basically. But now I'm at a place where I honestly just have no career goals. I mean, for a couple of years now, my husband's been saying, so what do you think you're going to do? I have so much potential, right? We all have potential, but I could be making so much money and really help a lot of people having like online courses and do group coaching. There's so much I could do. My being in my feminine is showing me it's not time for that. And so I'm just being, I am healing, I am recovering, I am just enjoying life and I am living everything that I used to envy, which is not having any career goals and not feeling uh, pressure to bring any money in. So yeah, I used to get triggered by that and judge that. And that's exactly where I am right now. I'm essentially a stay-at-home mom and stay-at-home grandmother with a podcast. Number seven, I'm very boundaried. So the only people who get triggered by boundaries are those who don't honor and respect boundaries. So if you put a boundary up, a loving, healthy boundary up with someone, a healthy person is not going to respond negatively to that. The person who rebels against it or rejects it or feels insulted by it or hurt by it or tries to challenge it, that's coming from a wound of their own that they're not recognizing, but that's because they don't respect and honor boundaries. And so that used to be me. And now I'm very boundaried at still working on it. But for the most part, I'm very boundaried. I'm boundaried with my time. I'm boundaried with who gets my time, friendships. And I'll guess that will feed into number eight, which I'll include with seven. Okay, eight was going to be, I have a very small friend circle and it's hard to break in. That used to drive me crazy with people. I'm like, listen, Judy, what, you can't have another friend? You're just positive that those three to five people are your only ride or dies for the rest of your life. It used to bother me. And I realize now it's because I didn't have my own solid circle. And now I'm at a place in my life where I love making new friends and I love meeting new people. But to be in my circle, it's going to be really hard at this point in 51 to break into that because I have these people. I heard Lori Harder saying this recently on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, I get it now. And I, the people who are sort of like my chosen few, they're my chosen few at this point. And I, as I said, I love meeting new people and even having new friendships, but I will not be putting time and effort into making those serious relationships because I feel so safe, secure, and fulfilled by the friends I have in my life right now. So repeating them, what I am now that I used to judge and what used to trigger me was one, I don't go to church. Number two, I'm divorced. Number three, I'm crunchy. Number four, I'm woo-woo. Number five, I'm fully my feminine. Number six, I have no career goals. I'm basically a stay-at-home mom. Number seven, I have boundaries. And number eight, which I tied to number seven, is because of those boundaries, I have a really small circle of friends and it ain't easy to break in. So all of that comes as a result of finding who we really are, finding in ourselves what we were searching for outside of ourselves. So we become less judgmental. We become less critical. We're not looking out 
really at all at other people's lives to form any sort of an opinion because we are so secure in who we are and sure of who we are and we are getting what we need as far as the feeling of being loved and worthy. We already have that, right? So we're not looking out for that. So we rarely get triggered by how other people live their lives, okay? And so I made some notes today. I was just having a little chat with God and this is what came to me and I just wrote whatever flowed through me. And then I realized it's it's really connected to this podcast, okay? So here's what I wrote. In order to be enough for you, I have to be not enough for myself. In order to find myself with you, I have to lose myself. So the me I find with you is someone other than me. And if you love her, you're loving a mirage. If you love her, I'm not the one for you because she's everything I'm not. If I change in order to belong, I no longer belong to myself. If I'm looking for my significance and worth outside of myself, it will be a never-ending, painful, and exhausting scavenger hunt. But once I find it in myself, I not only will never look outside of me for it, all I will see outside of me will be what I already feel inside, what I already know to be true inside. So as a result, I'll easily find evidence proving my worth as I look out. And significance and worth are what I'll find in others. So remember, this whole podcast isn't just about like healing ourselves. It's about not needing to belong, not needing to fit in, not needing or desiring to conform, not needing to rebel, not needing to live in any way other than what feels true to us. And the only way we really find what feels true to us and know that it's truth is to shed, is to unbecome, is to peel back the layers, is to heal, is to find out where those stories come from, is to deprogram ourselves, is to separate us from everything that is not free, to separate us from everything that is not true. That is the you that God created. That is the you that God sees. That is the you who deserves to walk through this world without apology. So with that, I say, I love you. I appreciate you. You are absolutely enough as you are. You're not a personal development project that needs fixing. And I hope, hope, hope you continue on the journey to return to love. Don't forget, every day, breathe, love yourself, and fully surrender. Surrender.